Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Happy birthday, Stephen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Cheers. All right. To you. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, dear Stephen. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Let's Drone Out. Today's Thursday. Of the, May the 4th be with you. Curry Kitten is with us. Everyone's favorite, Curry Kitten. Hello. And as soon as he's taking a sip of a beer, it's Stephen's birthday. Hello. Hello and welcome to episode 401 of Let's Drone Out. Yep. And we are also joined by my buddy Cole. Howdy. And I'm Brighton Till I Fly. Let's stop the show. Sorry, Stephen was telling us that he tried some, what was it, tennis fun? Yeah. How did that go? Well... I went down to visit Jack and we had a little fly. And uh, one of the things I took with me was this 10S quad that I've been building. There, there was a small amount of sparking and smoking from the slightly perhaps made on someone's kitchen table ESC that I'm using. Um, but it flew. Uh, for some reason, the VTX wasn't working. So I was like, oh, whatever. It was working on the bench. I, it was a Cadex Vista and I'd gone through the setup, done WTFOS, set up on-screen display and verified it was working on a 12-volt supply on the bench. Plugged it into the 10S, so 42 volts. Motors are okay, flies, stable, no worries. Um, I line-of-sighted it, put it in angle mode and gave it a punch, whereupon it disappeared into the heavens um, without any worries. Came back down, no problems, but yeah, no video. So I was like, oh, okay, well, it flies. I gave it a couple of punch-outs to make sure it was okay but was kind of scratching my head on that. And um, I'd looked at the Matek docks, and it's got this big beck in the middle with an optional output. So you can jump uh, two pads to get 9 volts. You can jump a different two pads to get 12 volt. And according to the documentation, if you bridge both the 12 volt and the 9 volt pad, you're supposed to get 16 volts out. And I was feeding it 12 on the bench, so I was like, oh, it's under 16, so it's probably just passing through what it, what it gets. And I'd assumed it would give me 16 when I was at the field, which is what you're supposed to do according to their docs for like 10S and 12S setups. You go for the higher voltage, you get more efficiency. Um, but yeah, the field, it wasn't working. And on the bench, I, um, I connected the 10S LiPos and uh, quickly checked the voltage output. And it was giving me 42 volts to my VTX. That's not good. That's not good um, at all. What, is, what is the limit of the, the voltage you can put into the Vista? 6S. 6S. Uh, definitely doesn't like 10S. Um, hmm. And it, yeah, you can see the little blurb down the side there. It's like bridge one pad, get 9 volt. Bridge the other pad, get 12 volt. Bridge both pads, get 16 volt. So I was like, yeah, well, okay. Bridge both pads, get 16 volt. No, 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 no. Definitely getting over 40 volts. <laughs> uh-huh. So th- that wasn't happy. And it had a little red kind of, when it pulls power off, 
from the UART, it kind of gives you a little kind of ghostly red glow, like half lights, one of the LEDs, and you you can tell it's not good when it's doing that. Um, that's what happens if you plug in USB, but you don't get the LiPo power either. Um, the weird thing is, once I um, I actually checked that back and I couldn't get a sensible voltage out of it, and, and then heating up and swapping over, I think I knocked off one of the passives next to those bridges anyway, so I was just like, screw it. I didn't... The, the Beck in that board, if you flash that up again, Jack, it's quite a good diagram, oh. kind of illustrates that. The, the, the Beck isn't actually part of the flight controller. The Beck is actually like a separate board that is soldered onto the middle of the flight controller. Like there's a square gap in the middle of the flight controller and a bunch of solder bridges down the side and they just drop the door to board of the Beck on. So I, um, I was able to actually unsolder those out-ground ground in pads and uh, and then prize the glue off. And I already had one of these that I got for another project. So I just dropped that in, set it to 12 volts, and it's fine. And I was just writing it off as like a dodgy Beck for whatever reason. Um, it seems fine now I've swapped that. But yeah, the Vista was still working as well, which was the insanely good bit that I wasn't expecting. I might have to leave it running on the bench with a fan on it and make sure it stays working at 10S. Um, but yeah, after being taken up to 42 volts for a few minutes... Wow. It seems okay, touch wood. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes because that's the last Vista I had. Um, we'll see how that goes. How, how are the stocks of Vistas nowadays? I think we've gone through the flash sale and now it's like getting a bit low on stock, to be honest. So we'll have to see. I mean, there's always that whole, I might upgrade my other quad to something that's better than a Vista. I might upgrade this one to O3. I might upgrade that one to Walk Snail. So there's that kind of musical chairs arrangement where I could free up one by upgrading something else to something better and then like put something into that 10S quad. But yeah, not, nothing easy to get right now. Anyway, uh, it flew well, which is good. There was no kind of oscillations, no flyaways, no smoke, no drama. Plug in the lipos and, and off we went. The hardest thing is trying to get two lipos sitting side by side on the top plate and then, you know, monkeying around with the leads so that they're clear of the props and you can still plug in both batteries at the same time without the balance leads getting sucked down into the props. Um, that took a bit of juggling, but yeah, it's good. Promising. So you, you can't get uh, Vistas or anything, but what about that Runcam Link or uh, Wasp? Is that? Oh, they're, they're all the same thing. So what we call the Vista was a DJI product that Cadex sold as the Vista. It's called the DJI Air Unit Lite, right? So Cadex sold yeah. it as Vista. Runcam sold it as Link. And did someone else ever sell it? Was there ever a? Anyway, it was it was the same thing. It, it, that comes from DJI. And yeah. the camera comes from Runcam or it comes from Cadex or whoever. Uh, and okay, they just put the two sense. together and sell it as a product. Yeah. And uh, so I also understand you attempted to made in your lovely little plane. Yeah, it's still in one piece, thank God. But yeah, I mean, it, was, it was on a ridge and it was blowing a gale, like enough that birds of prey were kind of hovering on the ridge line where the wind was hitting the, the cliff and punching up. And this, as you can see, is not a terribly large plane. Um, so what happened <laughs> when the wind got it, it just kind of went very dramatically kind of and flipped around upside down, even though it had full throttle. I think it was 
not powerful enough to handle that sort of condition. And, and I, as a pilot, had no idea what I was doing. I was hoping I'd get a couple of seconds grace while the thing gained altitude before I had to start jamming the controls one side or the other. So I wasn't really prepared for it either. And uh, down it went. A couple of cracks, bit of Yoohoo poor, um, which I gather is the traditional approach, and, and it looks good. We flew some analog quads as well, which is nice. I had a, a four-inch analog build that I'd been meaning to do for ages, and uh, traveling down to Jack was impetus to, to go rebuild that, and Jack was kind enough to let me fly one of his, which I must say has sparklingly clear video for an analog build. I don't know what magic he's worked on that, but he, it's crystal clear video, which is pretty impressive. Huh, what are you running on it, Jack? Um, the the D-lidded... Um... Yeah, the the deleted tramp. tramp. Yeah. Oh, nice. Tramp HV oh. and with a uh with a fox ear whatever camera I've got. So it is T Rex yeah. is it or it was no static. No. It was just like a the kind of perfect picture you'd see if you were like, oh, oh, you were just connecting a camera straight up to a goggle. Like there was no VT sign of a VTX being involved in the process at all. No motor noise. Really nice, crisp video. So yeah, good work mm. on the build, man. Twist, twisting. Uh, I, I guess twisting your video wires makes a difference. Or is a testimony to uh, Tony with a tramp. So. Yeah. Yeah, I still love my tramps. They uh, they work great. Yep, I I think that one in no, it's the other one that's uh, yeah, my my second quad. Even Cole was nice enough to to grab me one from uh, from Taiwan. So yep. you know they yep. are quite hard to get hold of now. Yeah, you can't find them anywhere in Canada anymore. There was, I think there is actually one, well, I don't, I, I'm not sure if it's still available, but there's a place called Great Hobbies in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada, and they have apparently one Tramp HV left. Last time I checked, which was maybe a month or two ago now, but no other stores in Canada, no other stores in America, really. Wow. Uh, but apparently they had them in Taiwan, so that was pretty lucky. And they were super cheap. I got them for like... I think maybe less than ten bucks each. It was like they were like a quarter of the price of what they're, you know, or maybe a third of the price. So it's pretty good. Is is this the typical immersion RC thing where nothing gets discontinued? They just run out of them for a while, and then they might make a new batch. A bit like PowerPlay that ran out for ages, and they've just got new ones in. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether. I don't know. Is there a I, is there a successor? Is the question, or is is that the only product in the range? Well, when you go to the tra uh, the immersion website and you go to the Tramp HV listing, it says buy now. You click it, and it brings you to a broken Amazon link that has a little dog that says, "Sorry, we couldn't find that page." Yeah, definitely like keeping the web pages updated. Well, should we talk about the big news of the week? Which must be Orca, oh, <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting time bomb in the bootloader code which uh the joy which is, of co software copyright assignment sounds yeah like. it, it, it's interesting just for the fact that the guy that developed it is is doubling down on the fact that he thinks it's legitimate and it's not ransomware and they somehow wrote this with a time restricted copyright uh presumably 
wanting to get another payment from Orca before they release another firmware. And I can't imagine any company signing any sort of agreement to that. So it, it, it's interesting. Well, there's two sides to this. One, they may not have explicitly signed an agreement for it, but they may not have explicitly taken copyright assignment of the code in the contract they wrote for the developer. And unless you explicitly take copyright assignment of someone's work, it will remain their property. So if they wrote well, a contract for him to write software and they said, you just have to write the software and you have to deliver the software to us without explicitly saying you shall give all copyright assignment to us along with the work you're doing for us, then he's got a legal platform to stand on and say, well, actually, I wrote it and I still have copyright assignment. And for the purposes of this deal, I've granted you the use of my work um, and I could revoke that later. Yeah, although that you'd kind of think any company that contracts someone to write a piece of code for them would a ask for the copyright of the code, b get the source code because as I understand so it, Orca they are delivered. a brand new company. They're a brand new yeah. company, and this type of stuff that we're talking about, like making sure you've got copyright assignment, making sure that all the legal stuff is cleared up, that happens in big companies. And I work for a very large company where they're very hot on this and they check every bit of software and you have to attribute every bit of code that you use and make sure that there is a good license behind it and the license isn't going to be a time bomb. But with a small company like Orca, it's their first product. They're a brand new company. And I think they may not actually have the the caution to think about these things if the people involved haven't been involved in a software company before they haven't dealt in this world before they could have gone and asked someone to write something for them and not properly understood the ramifications of asking someone to do work for them but they didn't own the work after the person had done it for them that's the trouble you ask it, someone it to does, do work for you but you don't own the work in perpetuity it's it does seem thing. pretty mickey mouse to to allow oh, someone to deliver Here's an encrypted binary that you will never see or read, and, and it's ours, but it's okay. And later on, yep. we just may decide. But you'd be but surprised when you get outside the world of software development, Curry. A lot of people just don't think about this. They're like, oh, you've done it, you've delivered it. Oh, there's the file, and we just have to put the file here, and it works. Great, done. Whereas you and I would be like, wait a minute, what happens if this breaks? How do we know how it works? What happens if we need to maintain it later? Yeah, where's the paperwork? Where's the contracts? Where's the yeah? Where's all the? That's legal a whole other world that a lot of people. I, I wouldn't thought think that was about. a common sense thing. I didn't think you have to be in software no. development for that. It's like, you have to be oh, bitten just... by it, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, you, you you learn once, and then you and you never relearn again because it's uh, yep, for sure. Well, I know, I know. In the previous few years, Orca were starting to recruit their own people in sort of development terms, which is probably why they've managed to chunk, crank out this this fix to repair it at least so they didn't have to go through the hassle of like paying this guy off. It'd be interesting to see how this how this case comes out because you've got one guy claiming one thing, one claiming another. It seems to be, one would say, not, you know, not legal advice, not in the spirit of any sort of contract to provide something which you suddenly sort of revoked later on, though. That, that would seem very odd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, as of today, they got the fix. Download new firmware on bricking procedure. So, I mean, it seems like they got it figured out pretty quick. But then again, what, what, what? Yeah, what's going to happen down the line? I guess it, it'll unfold for us, and uh, I'm sure it'll it'll be more uh, you know comments in the peanut gallery, and we'll get to see how it all goes. 
there's a few be things that are red flags there. It'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see how it pans out. Like I, I, the fact that they didn't check what was inside a blob like this, they didn't have someone do due diligence on it before it shipped. That's just it's amateur hour, really. It's quite an indictment that they got this far and it's been out in the field and they thought everything was fine because they didn't know what was going on. Wait, if you yeah. if you're in software and you think everything's fine and you don't understand the problem space, you're setting yourself up for a, a fall sooner or later. Yeah, you want to make sure you look at everything before you release yeah, a product. You've got to appreciate what could go wrong before you can assure yourself that nothing will go wrong. Yeah, I guess easier said than done, though. I mean, you never know what happens behind the scenes for companies and who runs it, and you know who, who's not checking each line of whatever or. Like, you know, I don't know the whole thing behind it, but yeah, I'm obviously it it can happen and it did happen and it does happen. So it's, uh, I, I guess it's a lesson to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. The question is, does this damage Orca's uh, reputation for being a, a bit naive about how they put their code together and stuff, or do they come out looking quite good because it was clearly a sort of a bad actor involved and they put a fix out quickly? That said, Orca was promising their own digital system like two years ago, and that hasn't materialized. So they're a bit, they haven't done much uh, in, mm. in recent times, have they, about developing stuff? Well, yeah, they promised there was going to be a slew of updates and a never ending stream of software development that was going to, that you're going to deliver a hardware unit and there was going to be new functionality coming in via upgradable software. And as of, I think, sort of six months ago, I think that the last update to their app was in September. There's no new features. They put this FBV Connect board out and they gave people a controller, which, as far as I can tell, hasn't really made a big splash. It was released. It did, did ghost. And I'm not seeing anyone make noise about it. Like, I'm seeing people talking about the Tango uh, 2. I'm seeing people talk about the Radio Master Boxer. I don't see anyone talking about the, the Orca controller. So it feels like a lot of their stuff... They, they hyped it in 2021, and through 2022, they're releasing stuff. And now we get to 2023, and it feels like it's been really quiet on the Orca front for six months until we get to this unfortunate event. Well, I remember a year ago, like, yeah, they they hyped up some, some basically, like, you know, VTXs or digital, you know, digital boxes and whatnot. And there was, like, three different ones, I think. Um, but... Yeah, there were a couple kinda... of photos taken at a trade show, which I think you're referring yeah. to. They, they they put this cabinet at a trade show, and they illustrated that they had a, a bunch of digital VTXs, and they were going to be working in different spectrums. I think I think they had a 2.4 gig one, and a 5.8, and a 1.3, or something like this, and maybe also one that worked over 4G. Hmm. And they were kind of putting it out there, like here's here's a picture of the casing. We didn't know if there was a PCB inside, but there were pictures of of the VTX like boxes, the casing or heatsink that was going to be on the VTX with labels on them, kind of implying that yeah, we are intending to make this. But it's been a very long time since that announcement, and uh, that, that appears to have been a one off. Maybe they were trying to fish for contracts, and the contracts never arrived, so the R and D didn't happen, and it just dead ended. Yeah, I, I think I remember someone talking about like. The, the goggles would have, um, you know, you could do digital and analog built in on, on some of the newer ones or whatever, but that was a while ago now. I can't remember all the details, but. Yeah, they seem to have, um, unfortunately, not stepped up to match what HD Zero did. HD Zero made this huge splash, 
I think it's fair to say that everyone is looking at HD zero for analog right now, even though it's a digital goggle first, the fact that they've put a lot of effort into the analog input really shouts premium. Whereas Orca, I think are, are now on the second rung behind them as the, the second best option. What for analog? Yeah. It's true. If I was buying an analog pair of goggles now, I wouldn't know what to get. It's a very good point. Hmm. It used to, it used to always just be fat sharks, of course. Yeah. But, but I was really happy with the Sky 04X. I mean, they were they were pretty good. I got them with a coupon a while back, imported them for cheap, and um, yeah, they, they, they were great. Like I said, I was flying Jack Squad, and I thought I, the video was just excellent. You get that kind of frame combining stuff. Gives you pretty good range, minimizes interference. Yeah, here they they said the perpetrator was particularly. Uh, I can't pronounce that word. Perfidious. Yeah, perfidious because kept occasional business relationship with us over the last years and was waiting for the code bomb to detonate. So they said it was kind of like an almost ransomware was programmed to explode mm. to cause maximum crisis yeah but th there's two people in this right there's them and the the person they hired to write the code and they've got a facebook page as well so they're, they're both saying the same thing but with very very different language or yeah. calling it ransomware and the guy who wrote the code is is calling it a license and saying mm -hmm. well you know the license was time to expire and it's my code, and uh, I'm I'm going to charge them to relicense the code that I wrote for them. Um, and it really is something that, at the end of the day, it needs to be decided in court. Right? We need to figure out exactly who does own the code and what the rights are. And if the code was licensed to Walker, and Walker agreed at some point that they need to pay, then the courts need to decide that. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, all that stuff should have been. Should that should have all yeah. been dealt with before those goggles it should and be in the contract, even came right? Out. Yeah, and and if if Orca are going to accuse the guy of ransomware, they need to point to the the copyright assignment in the code in the contract that says, you know, this guy didn't have right to do what he's doing, and it shouldn't be on Facebook by calling someone a perfidious whatever. It should just be in black and white, like Orca owns all software and source code related to blah, 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 or they don't all own all source code and they are paying for a time-limited license or access to the code, in which case, you know, it's going to fall I, down the other person's account. I have a strong feeling there's there's no contract either way and it falls into this weird yeah. grey area. Perfidious, by the way, according to dictionary.com, because I, I didn't have a clue either, means deliberately faithless, treacherous, mm. deceitful. Yeah. Hmm. I reckon you look that word up, though. No, no one just rolls oh, yeah. a video off their tongue. Someone put <laughs> yeah. that through a thesaurus, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, first time I've come across that. That's a big word. Yeah, I know. Big word for Jack. The thing is, um, in the morning. Uh, as Dom says, like, if there was a license, it would have a date. But this wasn't time to all go off on April the 29th. Apparently it just starts on April the 29th and then it's going to randomly dribble out. And it was set for, according to the person that wrote the offending code, the time bomb is set to, to detonate randomly from April the 29th. So if yours works, 
and you're thinking, oh, oh, I got off lucky. No, you should probably still upgrade because it might just randomly blow up. The weird thing is that they expressly stated that it was only for consumer goggles and any goggles that were part of a deal for for government or military or corporate sales were excluded, which seems strange. So they, they don't want to annoy any large companies, but they're happy to kind of throw this in the face of regular consumers, which again makes it look a little particularly shady because if this had been a general license scheme, it should affect everyone equally, you'd have thought. Yeah, or it could be that... Um sometimes like the the old sort of thing like the, uh, the the ISO 9001 gubbins and, and rubbish would, would mean you, you have to have procedures and stuff and have to know everything so perhaps the goggles sold into government go out with a completely different bootloader that they had to write themselves because like oh selling into government means we have to do different things and different different ways of doing stuff for them to do business with us well, this is why it looks shady, I think, because they're basically saying, oh, don't worry, we, we didn't put this on the government ones, so there's going to be no large institutions or government lawyers coming after us, and we're not worried about regular Joe on the street sicking his lawyer on us, which oh, makes it does it's look definitely like shady. the guy's shady. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely not good, but I think he's trying to exploit... Um, a, a grey area rather than like you know it's not all out ransomware um but it's not it's clearly you know if there was some license to say orca holds the copyright of this code or whatever you, you know then he couldn't have done it either mm. so it's somewhere in the middle but yeah we'll follow it we'll eat popcorn and you know we'll just read about them shouting each other on facebook which is a weird way of doing <laughs> illegal proceedings but you know it works for us yeah okay I guess I we'll be happy I've... that we don't have Orca goggles. Right, yeah. I've gone from <laughs> thinking, oh, they're premium. I've missed out on some part of this premium experience to thinking, well, uh, don't seem to have followed up on all the software promises they made. And now I'm thinking, oh, wow, I actually like dodged a bullet by not going for those. So <laughs> interesting oh. how time changes perspectives. My HDOs are still trusty. So Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Cole. If you can yes. build a drone, you can definitely build a PC. Yep. So Probably. that might be an option. <laughs> yeah, All right. that is true. I mean, it's just plug this, plug that. Or you can buy something cheap and make it better, right? Because the, the, box, the box for a PC and the power supply and the maybe the motherboard of what you need, you can always upgrade it from there, get something off the shelf, plug in a GPU, add a bit more memory. These are trivial things to do. Once you've done yeah, those, yeah. the rest it's, seems less scary. I think the because I'm a, a Mac user, I think the, I mean, really, the only thing that's going to be that difficult, I guess, is what uh, making a bootable disk for with a Windows operating system. Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a pain if you've only got a Mac, but you can do it. Yeah, there's tools. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's no way it's that hard. I mean, yeah, you get a case, you have a power supply, you have a motherboard, you have hard drives, SSD, RAM, graphics card. That's basically it, right? Yep, pretty so. much. It's like plug tab A into slot A. Like, does this cable fit in here? Okay, click. And the, the manuals are always pretty good for motherboards as well. Now, they still tend to ship paper manuals, which is a godsend. So you can always be like, oh. The, the worst part are the little LEDs in the front of the case when you go to plug the motherboard in. If you buy something that's already 
pre-built you don't have to worry but if you buy a separate case and uh, motherboard you've got these little like jumpers and you've got to be like this is the led ground and this is the led positive and make oh and now yep yeah, when i switch the power on the led either lights up or doesn't light up that's about the hardest part the rest is just like there's a single place where this fits and you plug it in there i i, I still must put in my um my little two cents about this is wrong this is wrong because Cole is getting the PC for his other half who is yeah, doing graphic design on it. And yeah. graphic design must be done on a Mac. Nothing wrong <laughs> with using a PC with a nice graphics card. They And they run the same application. You can do it on a boutique PC. Just, with if a you go to exterior. any design agency, there's racks of Macs everywhere. It's a Mac thing. I don't know why. I think so if you're going to be you truly wrong, boutique. Cole. You see, the trouble with Macs is now... They used to be elite, but now a basic Mac is kind of a plebeian choice for a designer. What you really want is a boutique P PC with like some kind of nice wood exterior, all <laughs> kinds of tasteful design on it, and then you run it as a Hackintosh so you could once again be elite and above everyone else instead of just buying a generic Mac like people are using, like your grandma's using to browse Facebook. You know, you've got to be a cut above that. Yeah, but if you want to do a Hackintosh, you got to jump through a bunch of hoops and oh, yeah. watch a bunch of tutorials. And it, it, yeah, I, I put your face in a toaster oven, slam the door on your arm. Yeah, all of that. It's not a good experience for sure. And the instant you upgrade them, they tend to just balk and fall over from the sound of it, too. Yeah, I, I did I see it. And that idea. There was an interesting video I saw about a man managing to run uh, OS 9, uh, the, the previous Mac. Lion OS on a what? no, this Lion is 10 point something. We're talking about nine, Mac nine, not on OS X. Oh, not OS X, true. PC. Not OS X, yeah. Power, Power PC. PC. He was running Ooh. it on the Nintendo Wii. I was quite impressed. <laughs> Holy wow. Really? Did he run yeah. out of pins to shove under his nails or something? Why was he doing this? Just, just for funsies. <laughs> funsies. <laughs> or yeah. because. You know, like, oh, I like to spend 60 hours trying to do something just to see if it can be done. And then the fonts didn't work. But apart from that, it actually looked quite good. <laughs> see, like, this if it like was people for me... who connect their Amigas to the internet, you're just like, yeah, why? Uh, I was going to say, though, Sorry, if Cole. it was for me, I, I might, you know, dive into the world of building a PC and just learning and figuring out how to do it. But because it's not for me, I don't want to take, I don't, I don't want to be learning with someone else's money, especially, um, you know, I guess actually that's the best way to learn really is with someone else's money. But um, I don't know. I, you can get some pretty powerful computers these days that are just, you know, ready to go and somewhat affordable, especially if you know how the yeah. sales system works. In and you've got someone stores. to complain if it breaks. The trouble is if, you, if you're buying a PC for yourself and you want to like shave a couple of hundred bucks off it and get exactly what you want, that's fine. Because yeah. if you can't like load up your game or whatever, you can just like crack it open and wiggle the cables around, reseat things and fix it or change a BIOS setting. If it's for your significant other, probably want to get something with a support contract so if magic yeah. smoke appears or something Else doesn't it's your work fault you've forever. got a phone number mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if i want that weight on my shoulders i'm like let, let's go to a big box store i know how the sales guys work i can get you a great deal and it's going to work right out of the box and if anything does happen we'll bring it right here if they can't yeah. fix it then they're going to give you a new one off my hands you know out of my hands so yeah and, and yeah. dom does raise some of the compatibility kind of things you can walk into where it it looks like things should work together, but unless you've got kind of 
an appreciation of the speeds and timings of different components, which... I'm a Mac mm, user. How I am I supposed to know any yeah, of that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm a longtime PC builder. So maybe I just kind of plow under some of this pain that I've had to endure and learn over the years. But yeah, unless you yeah. can remember kind of what speed memory works with what CPU may not be the best thing to do. Yeah, basically no Mac user knows any of that because we can't access our RAM. We can't access our CPU. Not on anything past like 2002. 12 or something. Oh, yeah. It's so RAM, but if you want to get to anything else, it involves peeling the screen off, which is not very nice. And I uh, did have no. a MacBook of, yeah, ages tools. ago where you the last one you could like flip over and unscrew the bottom, and you could I swapped the spinning disk for an SSD and upgraded the RAM, but that was the last oh, yeah. time I had a Mac. Yeah. Now, now yeah. The, 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 the screens are glued in. So in order to get to the disk mm. or the graphics card, that whole screen has to be deglued, and you have to use special tools to go along them and peel them back just so you can yeah. get in there and do stuff. Yeah, I really hope that the world it, comes full Cole, circle Cole said and, something and use screws again. Really good, which I agree with, which is like, I like Macs, but I hate Apple. It, <laughs> it's, it's kind of accurate. Yeah, it's, it's like, I like my iPhone, mm. but I hate Apple. Yeah. So it's well, like, Apple yeah, does we, the we thing don't where use they the make, They make the hardware, and they make... All of the internal, well, they don't make all the internal components, but they have a lot of control over those internal components. And then they make all of the software so they can tie it together. And you don't have this like garbage dumpster fire, like with Windows, where it says, please connect to the internet to install your network card driver. And you're just like, Windows, why? <laughs> you know, this kind of. Craziness yeah, they just work. They just work. They just yeah. they look good. They work, but you also pay a pretty penny for them. And if you have any issues, you got to bring it to them. You can't open it yourself. There's nothing you can really do. I mean, my my most up to, like my newest Mac is a 2018 laptop. Everything else, I've got like a 2010 iMac that still works great. I can still take the screen off. I can still technically do that easily. Um, but yeah, any of the new Macs is just like, ah, come on, Apple. Yeah, I did a memory upgrade on one of those old iMacs. The the ones that had the the large white plastic. That was the, the last one that was easy to take apart with the large white plastic monitor. And I, I upgraded the mechs, the memory to like three gigs for someone on that. That, that <laughs> was still pretty difficult. That wasn't completely glued, but it was like a couple of hours to carefully tease it apart and maneuver things around. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. We're being complained at. There's not enough drone talk. So what, yeah. what else happened? In other news, drone go flying and stuff. Um, Stephen and Jack managed to. Cole, what are you been I up did. to? Did you, did you find any big radio towers to fly around? Well, I did not find any big radio towers. I am keeping my eye out like a hawk for anything that remotely uh, you know, resembles a, a dish or tower or anything. Uh, what did I do? Where did I go fly? Oh, yeah, I actually, I went out the other day. I was like, it was raining all day, and then it was starting to be around uh, sort of late evening uh, towards sunset, and the sun decided to come out. The clouds went away, and I was like, oh, better to, better charge up some batteries and uh, go fly for a bit. I went to 
just a little local sort of park area not too far from me. And um, I was just testing out some new settings on my Kiss Ultra. I was kind of messing around with the uh, set point weight um, and just seeing how it felt, uh, different throttle and whatever. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy. Um, I don't know, just kind of cruise around really. I, I've i actually started to really enjoy just cruising around. Like I, I was really heavy into like freestyling and like I got to find a bando every time I fly and whatever. But there's something really therapeutic about going to like a really chill sort of park with trees and putting on some nice music and just kind of like just, you know, cruising on the treetops and kind of sending it out a little further than maybe <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll keep my mouth that, quiet. That, on that one. That's, my, that's all I like to do, Cole. I, it's not all about the flippy flappy. Just find no. it. Find, the, the most exciting thing I do these days is I find a field and you know, those fields have the tram lines down where they plow them. You just yep, cruise yep. low along those and you're just like, Oh, this is, this is very relaxing. You just watch the fields come past you and you watch your shadow of your quad and like, Oh, that's nice. I think I'm going to flip yeah. around at the top and come back and do it again. And Speaking of cruising around, did Curry get his open HD setups in the air? I think you did an open HD video. So if you've been cruising around with, uh, with a quad on uh, open HD. I, I did. I've edited the video. It's not released yet until next week, but, um yeah the quad did not work unfortunately um there seems to be a problem somewhere along the line what we've got is it it was built up lovely it all went in and the the screen is like if the screen's this big i've got picture here and the rest of it is Mm -hmm. like digital breakup and i can't figure out what's wrong with that but i did fly the wing using the new antenna the um Maple Leaf, named after Cole, um, <laughs> and and that worked brilliantly. We Go had Toronto, a lot less Toronto break up. We got all the way out to a, a kilometre without a problem before oh, yeah. I crashed it into the bush. But that that's looking really good. So, what's what's happened with OpenHD uh, just recently is they've they've got their together basically. They've got their new version, the H OpenHD Evo, into release candidate. Uh, they've got I think they've got a couple of release candidates now. And so I'll be updating to that version, um, and hopefully it's going to work and, and sort out some of the problems. Some of the problems I was having previously is some of the telemetry was was not being worked out properly. So I could see that my my range in total was like three kilometers, and my home arrow is spinning correctly, but my distance from home was zero because that part of the telemetry wasn't working, for example. And I need to upgrade that wing to INF6 and try and get it less vibration because I had the thing with the artificial horizon indicator going out again, which led to me crashing. But so with the the quad, you can only see the top of the display and the rest was just garbage, but the top few lines were okay. Yeah, the top few lines were okay. The quad at the moment... Is that a bad MIPI cable, do you think? Because I can't think how uh, it would... It could be. Sort of Here's the quad at the moment. It's uh, OpenHD is back off of it. Fortunately, I made it very modular, so I could just literally uh-huh. lift the parts out, and I'm trying to get walk snail in there. But um, uh-huh. I just need the pinout for this board, which I can't find, because a bit like uh, your one, Stephen, it should have a 9-volt out from the flight controller, so I can... Parrot that way. 
and it mm. just about reaches because it's a very long body to get yeah. the wow. um, yeah it's quite long so the there's some nice holes for it to sit here but I've, mm -hmm. I've checked it and it can reach there but it kind of needs to go underneath the the board so i have to do some oh yeah you don't have a 20 by out. 20 in front of the flight controller because that could be quite handy because it's really no, easy to extend there's, there's the vtx enough, antenna not enough space oh, for it there it unfortunately yeah, with it, the, the old fit. dji setups i actually to, to do that 10s quad i had to kind of go through the parts bin and i had a vtx with an eight centimeter cable and one of the nano cameras and then i had to and i had to rifle through the parts bin and find like a 12 centimeter cable because the standard cable is just stupidly short like you'd have to put the vtx in front of the flight controller which is usually a world of pain like some frames can do it and the longer seven inch frames probably are okay but on a five inch if you've got imagine the arms crossing on the cross in the middle is where you have your flight controller and esc you usually put the vtx away from the nose and some have another 20 by 20 mount between the nose and the center of the frame but that usually means like just cramming you know, insect it in there. surgery yeah trying to do really yeah. you, you've got to push the cables in really tight and that mippy cable is really delicate so you can't push it too much or you'll break it and you've got to pay 10 pounds for another stupid cable if you do that mm. yeah it gets annoying it's uh, right. it's always troubling to sort of fit things into uh, quads that are sort of pre-built, where mm -hmm. sort of pre-built to like, oh look, the stack comes exactly to the the roof and nothing else will fit, and this fits yeah. exactly there. And it's like, okay, I have to start. You know, if I have to make a little mount for it, so I have like a three D bit just so I can move the other bit away from the mounting holes, just so I can not have that cable tight. Then, you know, that's, that's you upgrade your flight controller and it has like a JST plug that's like two millimeters to the side and it hits the one on the ESC in just the wrong place or some like little comp component is going to hit the ESC and you need to bump it up by two mil and then the frame doesn't let you do it and you've got to kind of buckle the top. Oh, it's just, yeah, world of pain. It is a nightmare. Oh, what do we have here? A wild curry. Uh, this, this, I thought I'd go this is... around the farmer, see if he's got any suggestions. Or try this is like what happened to my open HD wing. Looking hedgerow. It got oh, stuck no. at the top of a hedgerow. So I am stood in the bucket of a tractor being driven <laughs> up to the hedgerow. Would you uh, recommend this? this as a standard quad or wing retrieval process? The good in a thing tractor? about farmers is they don't believe in risk assessments. They're just like, <laughs> get in a tractor. I was like, I thought he meant in the cab. I was like, no, you stand in that bucket. I'm, I'm like really high. <laughs> don't like, worry, mate. You've still got two of everything. It's, like, it's okay. get on in, get on up. I mean, it's, it's right up there, that wing. Yeah, it literally, yeah. what what had happened, it's completely my fault. I'd, I'd launched it, auto-launch, and sort of brought it around. I put it into return to home. I fought with the goggles, like, can't work, you bastards, trying to get the HDMI cable not to, not to move so I could actually get a picture. And I'd left it in stabilizers, so switching it to manual. So when the AHI started to go out, so it was fine for like 10 minutes, and then it started going like this. Obviously, Stabilize was fighting. It's like, no, look, you're sideways, you're upside down. And eventually, to the point, it was like, no, look, we're fine. We're spinning around into the ground. And it's like, why didn't I just switch it into manual? Then it would just be the annoyance on the screen. But my fault. You did a pretty good job because you've got a massive field and you still managed to find like a hedge that, 
you can't reach the top of. Everything to else fair, looks though, like it's about five foot tall. Yeah, if if it was if it had crashed straight into the ground, it would have got more damage. That that hedgerow at least helped slow oh, it down. Okay. I mean, it okay. did rip into the wing, and I lost one of those antennas that got ripped off. But fortunately, it was five at once. So it's a, a tactical landing, you're saying? A, a tactical crashing. It's it's a typical thing. If that you know, aggressive. Have had a, a whole field, and if there was one rock in there, that's what you would have hit. It's yeah. that's just the way it goes. I, well, I did that when flying with Jack. I was like, oh yeah, coming into land, and I had this k-tunk. We're in this kind of meadow land. It's all soft as far as you can see. And I looked, and like the only rock in eyesight, I, I bounced my quad off it. Like, how did I do that? And it's like Jack. Whenever he crashes, it, he found like a dead sheep to get oh, twisted word. onto his props and stuff. Yeah, he didn't this time. He, he did try and trim the trees a bit. There was some aggressive arborealism going on. Really <laughs> would you like to know? Trees. Would you like to know some bad news? Let's hear the. Dirt. I don't know. Let's hear the drama. Mm-hmm. What's the? Don't be too this bad. Is my I don't start crying. Oh, oh, didn't check oh, your Jack, exposure settings Jack, again. Jack. I told you, Jack, always check before flying, bro. You oh, my word, that is extreme exposure. Did you forget which country you were in or something? <laughs> were you flying in the night last time? I don't know, yeah. That's impressive, mate. That's, impressive. That's almost as good as when you start your GoPro and then you find out it's set to... Uh, 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 slideshow time-lapse or something. Stop, yeah, time-lapse. Oh, yeah. I just don't so, yeah, trust so myself new rule to remember of to adjust jack. that stuff. I just leave I, it on auto. N- new rule of thumb, Jack. The first thing you do when you get to a spot to fly, you take out your phone, you turn Bluetooth on on your GoPro, you connect to the GoPro Quick app, and you view your exposure <sighs> This is settings. getting involved already. Right. The guy oh, turns up takes, at the field with a freaking laptop. He's got a laptop at the field. Or I don't you just take a laptop. put it on auto it and you stop cool. trying to be poncy with your settings. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with flying uh, on auto. Well, just be basic and and have fun. Just yeah, that's true. That's true. I, and on mo- in most scenarios, it's going to be perfectly fine, unless you're in the dark or yeah. yeah. Unless someone's paying you money for it. I mean, if you if you you have pride in your work and you are you know standing to make a buck or two from it, yeah, spend the time adjusting it. Or if you if you've got hundred thousand followers who are desperate to see your next video sure but see i don't have any of that but it only takes me two minutes to go set my iso range and uh and uh you know it's like i feel like that's a huge thing with fpv pilots is like they don't spend that extra maybe one or two minutes to get get the camera settings dialed in and then i feel like cole cole's out there with a color board in front of his gopro every time just like (laughs) i'll just hold this here so i can color grade this properly when i get back no, no, not even close. And I can prove that I have an SD card with the proof. No, it, it, yes, it is nice when you when you go out and you just go, but you know, it just, it only takes a minute to to get the right settings. This is my old Runcam hybrid little four inch that I was messing around on. Um, everything oh. is on auto. Was I this just the other day with Jack? Yeah, this is Jack. Oh, I remember. I recognize this spot, Jack. It's not the greatest flying ever. It's uh, a quad I've only just built, and it's a little bit rough. The props are a bit, a bit messed up, but um, yeah, it was fun. It was a good fun fly, and uh, and flying analog for the first time in a long while. Just 
dossing, messing around, seeing how many notches I can take out the props on these trees. Yeah, it was a good laugh. It looks like a fun spot. Yeah, oh, I hear Jack we got there just when the light was pretty, the shadows are long. That was fun. And Jack managed to prune the trees. I think Jack's going for some kind of like large-scale bonsai art here where he goes out <laughs> here with a five-inch every once in a while and finds these gnarled trees and just sculpts them the way he wants them, you know. <laughs> Little HD or a little hedge trimming, I should say. Yeah, but they are quite picturesque just at the top of this hill, looking down on this big old valley. And it's quite a laugh just to, to whiz around them, you know. Not I sponsored do like by this... Manscaped hedge trimming. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, it is just not connecting at all. I hate this. I will be your, your uh, troubleshooting guide after this. Don't worry. I'm glad some of it came out. It's like 2.7K 60, and I think I tried to mess around with some of the frame setup after your previous comments, Cole, but yeah, it's good Wait. enough, as they say. Wait, what about my comments, sorry? Remind uh, me. So you, you were talking about the kind of uh, shutter timing being mm. some so many degrees out, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I actually tried to set up that run cam hybrid according to your guidance. Okay, nice, yeah. I mean... I, I give guidance, but I'm also a, a cheater sometimes. And I'll like, most of the time I try to follow what I like. There, there are, you know, quote unquote rules when it comes to settings, but like, I don't really fully follow them, but, um, you know, it, especially with GoPros, it, it's a little tricky too. Cause it's not like an actual camera that you can change aperture, shutter speed and ISO. Like you only have shutter and ISO, um, so then you got to mess around with ND filters if you really want to do it according to the, you know, the cinematic regulations. <laughs> this is not a real thing. But, <laughs> yeah. Cinematic, man. Got to get the most cinematic settings, dude. Oh, I, yeah, I think it actually looks okay. We had very flattering lighting, of course. This oh, yeah. is uh, me oh, orbiting really Jack as he reviews his pruning attempts. Um, seeing whether it, it did the job or not. Yeah, no, those, those settings look good. It's uh, like... My well, actually, the last time I went out to fly, it was a bit of a disaster because, well, I, I guess I, I can do some show and tell. Um, I messed up my camera settings last time, so you know, I'm not, I'm not the the wizard of Oz. I just messed up the recording full stop. A lot of these videos are very short because the, uh, the SD <laughs> card kept uh, ejecting midway through the flight. It didn't fully eject, but it kind of just unpopped. You know, there's that push pop setting uh with micro sd cards well the run cam oh, hybrid yeah, likes yeah. to unpop itself <laughs> when you do a high uh, g maneuver so i think i need to dig out the funky little protector they used to sell with them that like adds a little wire clip over it maybe put that in there i've i've nice. got replacement sd card things that you can reflow and i can't reflow uh, jack i'll just butcher it and then throw the board yeah. away Every time I've done anything <laughs> regards with that sort of stuff, the SD card just doesn't work. Yeah. So I could always put the... some glue on the back of the SD card and then like make it really tight fit and jam it in and then pull it out with a pair of pliers. That'd probably work. Sorry, Scott, Cole, you're saying this is the Yeah, so this is this was when I had my settings. Like this my settings were great when the sun was out. Um but then two seconds later, uh, it's a very red running track. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh. There is all the red. Let's go back and find it again. Do, 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 do. He likes to pretend. Is this a session? Session five, whatever. No, no. This is a Hero Eleven Mini. Oh, fancy. Mm. Um, it has so, enough battery to. Uh, that is. <laughs> is the running track up. really that red? Because that seems like a kind of disco dance floor shade of red. No, oh, it's very red. Oh. It's extremely red. Yeah, it's uh, it's he's, crazy he's red. <laughs> it's as red as that maple leaf. Um, okay, so here's look at this. So now the clouds came back, and then uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Sorry, Cole, I, I'm terrible. Okay. You're not defending then, yourself. It's weird. Well, I'm trying to show something. I'm not. I'm not. Just trying to get to the point, Jack. Just for once <laughs> like, in this show, there was actually a point. Yeah, you Jack, may not recognize a point when one flies past you, but there was one here. I don't like so, it. <laughs> okay well enough of your guys shenanigans so as you see here my camera settings are way too dark so i had an nd16 on my um my my iso was at 100 uh max 100 and i mean yeah. it's still passable because it's 10 bit footage. Audio was viewers, it, oh it, it's a nice it bit looks of flying. dark the sky is kind of nicely set up but the ground is pretty dark yeah, pretty it's dark, almost but... cold. Like if you'd have just left it on auto, you'd have had a better experience. <laughs> just saying. Well, just well, put it on yeah, auto. If, if I put it on auto and full throttle, that's the way to do it. If I put it on auto, though, then it's going to put the ISO to like max, and I'm going to have grainy, ugly looking mm. footage. Mm. Well, well, yeah, but you can just throw yeah, it but on this is much better because you can't see anyway. Well, I, I have an argument here because Hero Eleven Mini is 10 bit footage. I was actually oh. able to go into post-production, up the shadows, and everything was beautiful. You can so, reach down into the shadows that? and rip them up, can you? Yeah, you guys want to see the difference? Yeah, Which man. Let's yeah. blurred some sh from God. Let's see if the shadows actually look good or if the MPEG compression just turned them into giant squares, it, which cold. are now slightly brighter giant squares. Let me plug in my SSD for a second here. <laughs> can you guys still see my screen? often the trouble. Like, if you record stuff in the extended color range, yeah, it's all great. But the codec thinks that the dark areas aren't really visible to the human eye, so it just compresses the snot out of them, and they just turn into big rectangles. And then you make them brighter, and you're like, hmm, there's a lot of slightly brighter big rectangles now around the place. <laughs> well, man, the uh, I, you know what? I, I need to go back to flying my Hero 5 session, because I've kind of been addicted to this 11 Mini since I got it. It just looks really nice. And Has it overheated for you yet, or is it all right? I never had any issues with it, knock on wood, but um, yeah, no, it's been great. Well, I'm trying to think, was there any issues? I think, oh, I, you know, I think the battery does seem to like turn itself or run itself down even when it's off. Um, but I think that every GoPro kind of does that. Uh, All batteries do that on every device, unless you like physically take them out of the device and make sure they're not connected. I, uh, this is the last GoPro I'm ever buying. I'm not. I'm not doing it again. I'm so fed up with them now. Oh really? I'm, yeah. I'm not enjoying flying with a GoPro. I have to say, so, overheating, battery problems, having this media module, which is great for if I'm in the field trying to do some like, uh, oh, I'm in the field sort of thing. Sometimes that decides like, oh, you press the on button, doesn't mean anything to me. You have to take it out, take the battery out, put it back in, all that sort of crap. Digital VTX is the way <sighs> forward, man. Just like record by default. Don't funny around with cameras. Well, you I, know why I, I don't even put my GoPro on my quad most of the time. This is just for like recording me and stuff as I'm doing stuff. And it still is hateful. 
Awful. And it's like... All right, so, Cole, you were showing us some of your fancy editing here. Yes, I'm just... I got to plug in my DVR SD card because it's saying missing file. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is I really want to build... An, like, I want to go digital, and I want to build a long-range, like, six or seven-inch. Just a no GoPro, just O3 air unit, and uh, I've seen some pretty cool results from it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people with, like, the Chimera 7. That's been out for a while from iFlight, and they've there's some wonderful results that have come out from that. Loads of people yeah. have been cruising around with it. Okay, so let's go to... Here, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of all my my silly fancy stuff on the screen here. So you're going to show um, us a, a post-processed version of that where you got it, the 10-bit... Yeah. Pull up oh, yes. Shadow. Well, so I don't know if you guys noticed. So, well, let me see where I start off. So I start off and I... First thing am... I noticed, the sky is really spankingly bright. The sky yeah. is like the most perfect blue sky. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so hold on. I just want to say one thing. So you see down in the, at the bottom middle where... Okay, maybe the running if I track zoom is in. still the same unreal shade of red, but everything else is slightly brighter. Do you there see is. this little... Can you see my cursor? Or like yeah, near yeah, where yeah. this 38 seconds is? So that's right around where I'm sitting. Well, okay. I... Let's see if I can kind of show you if I, when I turn around. So it's, I'm sitting at, at that little bottom part right there. And I end up going to the back... Um, where this little, where the woods are. Well, my, like I said, my camera settings were messed up. So I'm like, I'm flying through the woods and you do notice that as soon as you're like, not looking, you're not looking up and you look down, the image has a lot more detail and a lot more color in it. If there's sky in the image, it's definitely kind of forcing everything else down. It feels like. Yeah, well, it's kind of, have always been a bit crap at that. If there's a bright light ahead, it's always darkening the floor. They they seem to have a terrible. Well, they're going to expose for the bright. For they're, they're not going to. They're not going to. He says he's locking off his exposure, so it shouldn't be doing that. Uh, it? It's not fully locked off. Like there's still an ISO range, like a slight one, uh, most of the time. Like maybe like one to yeah. two hundred or. Uh, something like that. But, but you get that because you're in a quad and you're tilting the camera around so much. It's really obvious when you're going forward and then you punch up and you look down at the ground. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you go yeah. along from like, oh, dark ground, dark trees, and you punch up and look down at the ground and it's suddenly like an emerald green all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So look at this. So this is the original footage with nothing on it. You can't see anything. It's completely garbage. You can't see anything at all. That was this. This is the this is the power of the ten bit footage right here. Mm -hmm. So, like you see, no details on the left, on the right. Now you right. can see all the details on the left. He's right. putting a curve over it or something. It, it does Pretty seem like you're it. introducing some gray. Like there's there's a slight haze of grayness as then, you brought it up. Yes, but then I then I do a color correction and then you kind ah. of fix it. Yeah. So uh, it it definitely like it well, definitely here I can helped. let me. Yeah. Um, so basically what I did was I just, uh, I just literally upped the shadow by like, you know, just a, a slight amount, um, and then did a bit of color correction and, uh, with a little, like just very basic. It's super, super, you know, add a little saturation to the blues in the sky. You can kind of see. Um, so you'd recommend yeah. basically get a GoPro that can do 10 bit because you can rescue a bit of a, a misstep in terms of the luminance and that the shutter setup. Um, to be honest, no, I wouldn't say go get a GoPro that has 10 bit just to that. I would say get your exposure right before you start flying. Or just um, set it to auto. Right. 
how much more effort would it be just to fully animate it because you're already using all these special effects just to like oh no it's not looking like that so just just animate the whole thing like animate the CGI. exposure you mean no just make a complete cgi footage and pretend you were flying it how far away are you from all oh. these effects i'm, I'm yeah, being deliberately mean <laughs> that's okay i I, I could I didn't pick up on that because maybe I I'm oh I haven't watched this British video yet. Is any uh, good? The dual operator where he puts the r- second operator gimbal on the drone. It yeah, this seems thing was crazy. Yeah, I watched this. Uh, very cool. Except he kept breaking the gimbal arm on it every time yeah. he like landed. He basically broke it. They're not designed for high G, are they? They're quite delicate systems. Mm. Remind me, we need to talk about this again soon because yeah. that is all we've got time for unfortunately ah. um if you're listening to this and you're an audio listener uh you guys rule um we've got a patreon uh that pays the lovely editor and uh, the hosting and everything and uh earlier on i had a meeting and apparently uh you know like well, apparently, if you record a podcast on YouTube and then upload the audio and then assign it to a RSS feed, you know, it's so that you can call it a podcast instead of Official. just around conferencing or chatting amongst yourselves. Okay, so we, we call podcast. it a netcast instead. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we need to use the podcast tab that... YouTube has so gracefully uh, bespoke no, upon because then people won't be able to find any of our content because YouTube just introduced that tab like a month ago and it'll probably be gone in two months' time. That's true. That's and also, YouTube podcast works. sounds like it's just audio. We are yeah. multimedia to coin We're the 80s. It's a multimedia experience. Well, yeah. I reckon if we use that tab, maybe YouTube. We're a rich audiovisual we'll experience. We'll pump us out to more people because it's a new feature. Well, or yeah, rather, we're a yeah. poor audiovisual experience, but we're definitely an audiovisual experience. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all we've got time for. Thank you to all our lovely Patreons. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. You Patreons rock. It means that we can swear. And uh, next week, we're going to start adding mock uh, product sponsors so you guys get to enjoy <laughs> products like Jack's Sticky Glue Emporium stickiness. <laughs> Sticky Jack's and, Glue Emporium. Yep. And and Tony's Man Milk. Uh, mm-hmm. It's your your meal replacement. Freshly pumped. And, and the two-stroke ball and face trimmer. Um, yep. So look out for those. And, Slightly soiled uh, mattresses deliverable coming within soon the M25. Coming soon to a store near you. Call right now. Get your yeah. Get your Cole's dumped uh, used mattresses uh, coming to you via the uh, <laughs> hotel elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Available no to anyone standing underneath whatever Cole's address currently is. <laughs> yeah. One two yeah. three Fake Street. <laughs> I know it's it is funny. Um. Yep, today has been uh, Stephen's birthday. Happy birthday. Cheers, thanks. Happy birthday, Stephen. Birthday. Do me. I'm old. Birthdays don't matter when you get old, but it was nice. How How old are you? Too old. Too old.
too old to I'm tell the, you. I'm the answer to life, the universe, and everything. I, I, I feel I'm still the oldest by some margin, so don't worry. Yes, you are. Yeah. But you've got hair, so it doesn't really count. It's all right. Well, you've hair. Hair. got shiny hair. Just allocated to a different area. Oh, oh you're yes. now playing the Star Wars video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, May the Fourth. Yeah. After this, go over to Curry Kitten's channel, and then there's the dad and daughter Star Wars extravaganza. Uh, you'll be joined by everyone's favourite Curry Kitten. Goodbye. And my buddy Cole. See ya. <laughs> and I've been Brighton Till I Fly. Thank you very much. What about, wait, what about the man with the moustache? Take care. Bye, everyone. No, we we done him first. It was, he did. It was his, his birthday. birthday. He went on this oh, rambling I got sidetracked birthday, by the birthday thing. Discussion. Yeah, yeah well, oh, then we were talking yeah. about dirty mattress flinging and all sorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two-stroke <laughs> hair removal. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Telemetry lost. Goodbye.